0: Welcome to Nerds of the Roundtable, Table, a podcast on a quest for quality pop culture. I'm Dwayne.
1: And I'm Sammy.
0: And the voice that is conspicuously absent is our dear friend Jamie. Uh, Had quite a bit uh, going on this week and was unable to to make this happen. But uh, we will enjoy this discussion of a 1999 classic. Directed by Brad Bird. uh, Sammy, what are we reviewing?
1: We are going to be reviewing The Iron Giant. Um, You know, looking at voice talents like Jennifer Aniston and Harry Connick Jr. Vin Diesel voicing another character long before Groot. Uh, John Mahoney, Cloris Leachman. Tons and tons of people that most of our listeners maybe have never heard of, but but the Iron Giant. I'm excited about this one, Dwayne.
0: Yeah, this is a result of our coronavirus roll. Uh, <laughs> that uh, you know we we had some news episodes lined up, and uh, yeah. because of everything being delayed and pushed back, uh, there's really not a lot to report. So we've started breaking out the 20-sided die. and and rolling uh, uh, off of a list we've compiled uh, with the help of our listeners and uh, and fans and ourselves. But uh, before we talk about the Iron Giant, Sammy, let's tell uh, our listeners about some things we've been enjoying and are keeping it 100. It's time to keep it 100. 100. 100. 100. Sammy, I think you're leading.
1: I am leading off and I hate that Jamie's not here because I really think he was want to check this out and I know he's going to listen to the podcast. So I want him to check this one out. So for my keeping it 100 this week, I'm pitching the television series Hellstrom. Uh, this series is based on the Marvel comics character, Damien Hellstrom, uh, who was kind of part of Marvel's supernatural anti-hero revolution of the bronze age, essentially. Uh, This is a very updated, uh, kind of updated take on uh, Damon and his sister Anna, but it's really compelling. Uh, They don't shy away from the horror subject matter, uh, but the stories are really grounded and compelling, it's about family. Uh, Tom Austin, who plays Damon, really does a great job. Um, Kind of this guy that's stuck between his family's demonic history and his own altruistic kind of outlook on life uh, his sister is sydney lemon who is uh, the granddaughter of the great jack lemon actually uh and she's the sister so she's very much a foil um the really standout performance though is elizabeth marvel who plays their mother uh she is heartbreaking and flat out disturbing sometimes in this <laughs> um so you know when people are listening to this you know tricks and treats may be over but check out hellstrom on hulu if you still need your halloween fix and that's my keeping at 100 for this week.
0: All right. I've, I've seen good things. I've seen very intriguing things about that show. Now, the uh, the actress you mentioned, uh, is her last name Marvel? Or is there uh, a yeah. Marvel in the show?
1: No, her last name, Elizabeth Marvel, is the, is the actress. Uh, she mm-hmm. plays Victoria Hellstrom. Uh, so I thought it was kind of interesting that uh, – you know that she was in the, this television show, and you know, and Marvel TV can go one way or the other. You know, I, there's certain ones on Netflix I liked, and certain that were slow. Uh, but this is a Hulu, and so it can get a little bit more out there. But it's pretty good.
0: Okay, well, neat, neat. We'll check that out. Um, I'm also pitching a TV show, ish. <laughs> <clears throat> this is on a streaming service as well, at Disney Plus has um, been, you know, hitting it out of the park with a couple of their uh, original series, most notably uh, The Mandalorian. And, you know, coming out just this week is The Mandalorian Season 2. Yep. But I'm actually holding off on watching The Mandalorian Season 2 because I am about knee deep and sinking in the right stuff in that mid-Florida swamp where Cape Canaveral is building the launch pad for the Mercury 7. NASA's setting up a shop there. Um, Man, this talks about these first group of astronauts, John Glenn, Alan Shepard, uh, you know, Deke, Cooper, Gordo Cooper, all these guys. Their trials and adventures, missteps, getting into space America's space race during this era uh, is so iconic and legendary. And man, these guys really bring the heart to it, but the right stuff on Disney plus is blown it out of the water for me right now. And I would recommend it to anybody. Cool.
1: Yeah, like I told you before we recorded, I've seen the, the original movie. Yeah, I love that time period. So that 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 show is on my list for sure.
0: Yeah, well, you can't get to it fast enough, according to me. But yeah. we're here to talk about the Iron Giant, another uh, story that was kind of set in this height of the Cold War, mid-late 50s, early 60s situation here. Um, I think what we're looking at 56, 50. 55 with this thing.
1: Yeah, it's, uh, it's somewhere in the, the later 50s, somewhere 56, 57, maybe yeah, something like okay.
0: that. Yeah, now you have, uh, you know, this general who is looking for proof. You have this investigator who is tossing out feathers. You have this young man. It's such a fun role. It's such a fun, mm-hmm. I know, I know we're not getting into our fans and pants right now, but uh, opening thoughts and grades. You know, the animation style on this thing is so classic to an age. I know this is 1999, so it's right at that cusp of your drawn animation and your digital, you know, animation from like stuff like Toy Story and Cars. And the animation really lends itself well to this story and especially that era. I love seeing how sometimes the backgrounds and you can see the cells that the characters were on, you know, so popping against those, those backgrounds and backdrops. Uh, this movie isn't perfect. Uh, sometimes uh, it loses me. Sometimes it grabs me, uh, but it's always entertaining. But, but I'm going to give this thing a B plus. Okay. Not quite an A territory form, but I'm going to give it a B plus as my grade.
1: Okay. You know, as far as the Iron Giant, I have a confession to make to my co-host tonight and our listeners. I thought I'd seen this movie, but I've never watched it.
0: Mm. so you, so you is, have a sandlot situation with me
1: yes it has <laughs> been on my shelf for years the cellophane wrapper was off of it so automatically i thought okay i've watched it if i've cracked it open i've watched this thing but as i started to watch it i hadn't but right mm. away this movie ticks all the boxes for me the time period the connection to superman uh the science fiction genre angle of the the 50s and 60s uh and i know some of it is very much hyperbole but you know it just it's this perfect time period looking at the red scare mccarthyism you know what the united states was like during that period of time um But like I said, first watch, I loved this movie. I had such a good time with it. Uh, And and truly, it deserves a place on my Superman shelf. So (laughs) I'm going to give it an A. I'm going to go a little higher than you. And I agree, it's not perfect, but I'm going to go A.
0: Okay. Well, as so much of this movie happens in Dean's Junkyard, I'm sure he's got a fan laying around there somewhere.
1: Guarantee.
0: So here we go. All right. Um uh, Sam, won't you take us out of the gate with your fam?
1: All right. So, so, you know, I kind of led off with a little bit of this, but um, I think what really sells this movie for me is just from a design standpoint. I love the way it captures this time period, both, I guess, in a retro design way. You know, when you look at the Iron Giant, it's such an homage to those 50s and 60s science fiction movies. But, but the setting, the town in Maine is so idyllic. You know, it's just this slice of Americana. Uh, the characters, the way they've done their costumes. I mean, it's just such a perfect snapshot of this time period. Uh, I mean, Dean is just the perfect looking beatnik. You know, Hogarth is just so believable as this young kid Mm-hmm. during the late 50s uh you know with, with with his army hat and watching his scary movies and his cowboy stuff and it's just <laughs> like i said it's just this wonderful time and, and i i guess i'm really drawn to this anyway people always tell me i was born way too late uh but this movie like i said was just it ticks all those boxes for me and so the design to me was is what really made it
0: yeah i know i mentioned that with my uh Opening thoughts, you know the, the animation style is so great, and you have a uh, Brad Bird. I'm not sure where this falls in his career. I didn't dig that deep into it, but I, I know it's before The Incredibles.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes,
0: you know, it's it's before Ratatouille uh, a bit. So, but you still have his heart, and I, I think mm-hmm. that's where I'm going with is the is the heart of this thing. You know, you have the Iron Giant, who's a lost soul. He's, he's he's just a large kid trying to find his place trying to find out what is right and what is wrong he's he's casting about you've got this young boy who is acting as his moral compass you've, you've got the beatnik kind of showing him art and and experience and uh, you know you have the uh, the town that surrounds him as a character all into itself mm-hmm. You know, as, as the hunters are afraid of the monster in the woods and the, uh, you know, and he, he, he has those adventures there and, you know, things are happening with people's silos and cars, you know, like chunks are being taken out of them and stuff. <laughs> um, it's just such a great slice of that, uh, you know, fifties Americana, uh, that heart that is, you know, kind of present in some of your older sitcoms or older things. Um, and it really shines through in this. That that really shines through. Just that era, the, the heart of that that it captures.
1: Yeah, and you know, and, and like I said, the, just the, the connection, I agree with you, just the heart. You know, and the connection to, to Superman. You know, the idea of the strange yeah. visitor from another planet. You know, I mean, all we needed was a little bit of George Reeves thrown in here somewhere. And, I <laughs> well, mean, I thought
0: it, it, very much about perfect. you. Yeah, I thought very much about <laughs> you. When, you know, the Iron Giant was sitting there with the comic books of this young man. Uh-huh. And he has a Tom, who's the bad guy, who's very yep. reminiscent, looks a lot like him. I mm-hmm. um, you know, this, this, this big mechanical thing. But the Iron Giant identifies with Superman. Yeah. I'm not from around here. I'm a little bit super. I can do these things that these right. people cannot. You know, and... Uh, you know, and I love the scene where uh, where you know uh, he's he's playing with Hogarth and and everyone says Otomo, oh, and he's like, "No, I'm Superman." And he that's finds great. the big he finds the big uh, you know uh, S logo S, and, yes. and it puts on his chest. Now, I'm guessing that's from an old Sunoco shop or something. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it that's that's so much fun. Uh, but you know, I, another thing, uh, I know we don't have Jamie here with us. So I'm maybe gonna fill out a little bit here. Uh, throw this out. The cast really surprised me mm-hmm. uh, Harry Connick jr uh I've seen him in a few things and he's been good right. but I know voice acting can be difficult I know he's a recording artist but he really really nailed it uh, as yeah. far as a character Jennifer Aniston done really well uh, mm-hmm. as far as voice acting cast and, and you didn't have a lot of big names you have e. em at Walsh you know uh in here who's kind of in a little bit of everything, but he's yeah, not big in, you know, but he's not big in anything. Um, you know, he, he uh, done a very good character. So yeah, I think the, the cast was, was really handled well. And I guess that's, you know, Brad Bird's mastery of storytelling in animation.
1: Yeah. Cause it's, it's, it's filled with those voices that you recognize when you hear some of those character actors like John Mahoney or those guys, as soon as you hear it, you're like, I know that voice. Yeah. I know who that is. And, and, you know, you get that throughout, e- even the, you know, kind of the, 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 local yokels. I mean, even when they're talking, you just kind of, you know who they are because you know you just those voices are so distinct. Yeah. And like I said, Brad Bird just really brings that in, I think.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, especially with Cloris Leachman, you know, such an iconic voice to our mm-hmm, culture. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jennifer Aniston, I mean, she was whatever at, at her height of Rachelness uh, <laughs> during this, I believe, you know, with, with her Friends run. Uh, so yeah, it was just a lot of a lot of fun there with the cast. Mm-hmm, but you know, I'm sure maybe you don't want to eat out of them. You might not want to cook with them, but I'm sure laying around Dean's junkyard, <laughs> we had have to have a few pans. Alright, <laughs> <laughs> call me Captain Segway. Um, there you go, dude. <laughs> anyway, um, I, I'm leading off with pans, and, and and as I was talking to Sammy as as we we're recording, I really struggled a lot with with some of my awards for this movie. Uh, it's a great movie. I love it every time that it's on. I, I, I own it. I, I, my kids love it. We enjoy it together. But I've really struggled with a lot of the awards, and I think this is going to be my pan because I'm even struggling with this pan.
1: Mm.
0: I just, it just doesn't strike that strong chord. Mm. It it doesn't take the rock and roll pose, do the windmill, and hit that Pete Townsend power <laughs> chord for me. It it just doesn't do it. I mean, there there are parts in the movie I cackle out loud. There are parts that pulls at your heartstrings, and the room gets a little dusty. The characters are enjoyable. Uh, the era, I mean, you know, set in this Cold War. I mean, I, I'm I'm a child of the late '70s, early '80s, so you know, we had, we had the the nuclear scare. You know, we we learned to hide under the desk and cover your head <laughs> if a nuclear bomb went off. And I love the animation that you know that after the bomb goes off directly over the schoolhouse the only thing left is the desk <laughs> with the young man under it, and there's this huge crater around it you know yeah uh, you know we we had that ridiculousness uh, you know there's so much stuff i love and identify about with this movie but it just doesn't quite strike a strong chord with me and i don't know what it is and that bothers me sam Hmm. Uh, but uh, that's that's really my only pan. It just is this movie just doesn't reverberate with me the way that that you know other movies do, and even certain aspects of this story reverberate. As a, as a whole, it just doesn't gel together.
1: You know, I think that might lead in a little bit to my pan. Okay, I want more. There is a gaping hole in the middle of it, in this story. We don't know anything about the giant. He just shows up. There's no backstory that we know. We can obviously tell he's got some baggage, right? We know that, that he's had some situations, but I really feel like we needed that. We needed to understand his motivation a little bit more I think that would have made it stronger. So what I'm saying is I want a prequel. Okay. (laughs) We're in the the era of prequels anyway. So I need an Iron Giant prequel. So I need to go back and find out if he's from Cybertron or wherever he's from.
0: (laughs) Well, I mean, and we are in the midst of COVID. So everyone's on lockdown. So we can do the animation. We can get the voice actors to phone in their performances. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, but, yeah, I, I guess that could be some of it, you know, is there's not a lot of backstory really for anybody. Yeah. You know, it, it, the, the young man, uh, you know, you, you understand who he is, you know, from the things that happen to him. You, mm-hmm. you understand Dane, you know, just from him walking around drinking his espresso in a junkyard. Right. You know, <laughs> um, you, know you understand the, uh, you know, the investigator uh, by his, you know, zealousy there. Uh, but there's just not enough that really grabs me. And I think that's part of the beauty of the giant that allows us to identify with him so much is that he doesn't have that backstory. But I think that the the amount of lack of backstory uh, probably does hinder that. So,
1: Yeah, you know, I mean, when you think about it, I mean, despite the fact, like I said, I gave it an A and I loved the movie. Um, I think I loved it on the whole. But, you know, when you really start thinking each of the characters is almost a stock character. You've got mm-hmm. the kid from the 50s. You've got the big neck from the 50s. You've got the the mom. You know, they, they just barely give an idea about what happened with his dad and who his dad was. We don't really get a lot of that story. So it's almost like you're not really fleshing out these characters. You know, uh, Mansley just kind of shows up and, and does his thing. So so it's almost like we don't have a lot of character motivation. And that might be partially what pulls you out.
0: Yeah, it could be. It could be. But I think at this point, just like the S, hanging on the chest of the Iron Giant, I think we should hang a few awards on this beautiful animated classic. Graphically novel. Three brothers tackle a different graphic novel each week. Listen as the Brothers Fugit discuss classic and not-so-classic graphic novels. Subscribe now on your podcast feed of choice. Graphically Novel, three brothers who like each other but love comics.
1: You know, or we could get Dean to make us some trophies could, they, out of make his us, junk.
0: <laughs> yeah, that, that, was, uh, <laughs> that was an interesting, uh, The you can eat the junk, don't eat the art. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> this is junk, this is art. And (laughs) then art. I'm glad Vin Diesel had more than a uh, uh, three-word range in this animated thing.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Definitely. All right. So I guess I'm leading off our first award with best performance. Um, You know, I talked about that you don't get a whole lot of character in this as far as background, but I do think there's one character that really stands out. And that's Christopher McDonald's Kent Mansley. (laughs) He is such a jerk. But does boy, does he stand out in terms of performance. He chews up the scenery sometimes literally anytime he's there. You know, McDonald is just one of those great character actors. He has such a long career um, that we'll discuss a little bit later, possibly. Um, But also voice acting. You know, he was actually the voice of Superman in Batman Beyond. Oh. He was the voice of Harvey Dent in Beware the Batman. So he's got some superhero credentials to him. So I thought that was kind of cool. And I think that <clears throat> McDonald brought the perfect foil for our giant. You know, you had to have this manic, over-the-top guy compared to our, the, our giant. You know, and yeah. I think that was really necessary. So I'm definitely going Christopher McDonald.
0: Yeah, he uh, he had a great performance, a great turn in this movie. Um, I'm going to go a little bit smaller. I'm going to go with the true heart, I feel, of the movie, and not the giant. I'm going to go with Eli. Please forgive me, because I know I'm going to butcher this. <laughs> Marienthal. sounds good
1: uh,
0: Hogarth Hughes the young man who discovers the giant at the power station um, and you know uh, begins all of this adventure you know uh, from from his horrified reactions at the power station to his uh, bumblings trying to hide the giant from Mansley to his romps in the junkyard and in the lake uh, to his, uh, you know, morality lessons uh, with the giants, you know, uh, guns, guns kill, you know, everything, it's not bad to die, but, you know, it's bad to kill something. And, uh, you know, when, uh, when he's, you know, working, working his magic there, he is a true bright lot in this movie and, you know, a true anchor for us to hold to. Mm-hmm. And I, th- I think he done an excellent performance. Eli Marienthal—that's what I'm going with anyway as a pronunciation for that. <laughs> <clears throat> well, I'm up with that best scene. Our next award, and uh, I've already kind of alluded to it as we talk about the uh, the giant's uh, appetite for metal and iron, as <laughs> he devours that to uh, to maintain his uh, his. Energy level, but uh, you know we know Sammy. You don't eat the art. <laughs> this over here is art. That over there is junk. You know, I love the art lesson uh, that that uh, you know Dane is uh, teaching the giant there, and and the giant you know begins to see the the value in art, and he creates some mm-hmm. things that are, that are unique. And uh, and as Hogarth says, you know, things have a soul. You think, you feel, you act. You know, you're not just a robot. You're not just a machine. You seem to have a soul. You seem to be more. Um, but that's my favorite scene. You know, when they're when they're having the discussion with the art in a junkyard.
1: Cool. You know, the, the, here's the thing with the giant. Okay, it's just it's it's a very he's a very touching character. I think I think you know I agree with you. Hogarth is kind of our connect into it, and the giant is so touching as far as as his characterization. But as far as my scene, I'm going to have to go when the giant goes all super sci-fi robot. Mm -hmm. I just think it's so cool. Uh, Just the amazing amount of creativity and the designs with all the weapons and all the different ways he's creating destruction. I mean, and, and I know it leads... To to a real touching scene where Hogarth tells him you don't have to kill and all this stuff, but that part was so cool, just visually. I just thought it was so neat. Uh, yep. it, it's it's the big exciting action scene in the movie. I think.
0: Yes, the climax um, at the end. Yeah, yeah the man. at the end.
1: And like I said, just that that design, that functionality, the way all the weapons worked and the way that he loaded them. I just thought it was cool. I, I yeah. dug that.
0: Yeah, it was really, really awesome when he went full on weaponized.
1: Oh, yes.
0: It was a ton of fun. Well, we've talked about some performances. We've talked about some characters. So, Sam, what's the best character in
1: this All game? right. So I do this often. I take your performance, I flip it to my character. And that's exactly <laughs> what I did. So, you know, I'm a sucker for an alliterative name anyway. So Hogarth Hughes is my best character. Um, Hogarth really made this movie. I mean, he, he's earnest. He's trusting. He's a good judge of character. You know, I love the imagination that he has. You know, one of the biggest things I love is as a, as a teacher – it is when I, I get a student who has that imagination that that comes through, whether it be creatively or creative thinking, I, I just love it, you know. It, and Eli will go with Marion Thal. I agree. I think that's how I pronounce it. Also, just voices it perfectly. You get his heart coming through in that animated character. So, best characters definitely Hogarth for me.
0: Okay. <laughs> Well, I'm going to go with uh, the obvious answer here. And, uh, you know, the character is the Iron Giant because you don't know quite what he's about. You don't know quite what he's going to do. You begin to see flashes as he's having the dream and it's being broadcast across Dean's television um, of, of him and an army of Iron Giants, you know, marching on some distant planet uh, wreaking a havoc and destruction and you see him reacting as Hogarth's pulling the gun on him and in uh-huh. hiding and he's and he's you know actually blowing up the van beside of him and Hogarth doesn't realize it uh, <clears throat> but his struggle there, his seeking for the truth, his seeking for, you know, what is life about? How do I identify I mean I think we all struggle with you know that who we are at some point or many points in our life mm-hmm. we, uh, you know, we'll often find ourselves casting about but you know and you don't know what to expect when he begins the the attack uh, toward the end of the movie with with the soldiers you know and then he goes full mechanized. you're like, wow what what so this is what this thing really is is, right. is all about. But then you see he's so much more when he pulls his his uh, Superman flying and he does his his different things and he rescues Hogarth and he you know begins to show some heart. Oh and, yeah, uh, yeah. The uh, that's that's my favorite character.
1: Oh man, and and there there when he tells Hogarth you stay, you stay, you I'll stay. go. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. And then he does the pose right and and mm. flies up to stop <sighs> the stop the missile. I mean, it's just yeah. cool stuff, man.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. Well, speaking of uh, You Stay, I'll go, uh, you know, maybe some quotes yes. that, that stuck out in this thing. Um, there are so many great ones. So many great ones. But I love when Hogarth's explaining to, to the giant, the giant's starting to do something crazy. I forget exactly what it was. But Hogarth says, don't do that. That's the kind of stuff that'll make them shoot you. <laughs> you know, sometimes I just want to grab some people and say, "Don't do that." That's the kind of stuff that makes people think you're crazy. You know, this is the kind of stuff that'll make them shoot at you. you know? That's right. Don't podcast. People uh, who think I, you're. I think I think I'm going to work that into my daily quotes from time to time. You know, don't do, do that. It's kind of stuff that'll make people shoot at you. <laughs>
1: I like that one. You know, the the thing is, you know, with this movie, there's so many quotes. I mean, and some are funny and some are touching. Um, You know, I always try to, I always say, I try to spread the wealth, right? So I went with a quote from Dean, uh, Harry Connick Jr. And, you know, you talked about this idea and I agree with you completely. You know, it's almost like every so many years, it's like you're trying to figure out who you are now, You know, and I think that changes with with, as you get older, it changes as as your role in life changes, you know, whether it's a a friend or a father or whatever it could be, you're trying to figure out who you are. And Dean's quote, when he looks at Hogarth and says, who cares what those creeps think of you? They don't make you who you are. You do. Mm -hmm. You are who you choose to be. And and I think that's a theme that runs through this movie is, you know, making that choice of who you choose to be. So I think that's pretty cool.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And that is so much, you know, a, a theme throughout this movie as the giant designed for destruction is choosing to be, the hero, he's choosing to mm-hmm. be the Superman. He's choosing to be the the good guy. He's making those choices.
1: You know, I think there's some echoes of like even Mary Shelley's Frankenstein in there a little bit, you know, as far as the, the, you know, we've got guns and tanks instead of pitchforks and, and torches mm-hmm. kind of thing. You know, I think there, there's a little echo there.
0: Yeah. Well, there's actually a few references in the movie about the, 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 the giant being a Frankenstein-ish character. Yeah. Uh, but you're talking about some of this heavy stuff. Moving to our episode-specific uh, awards. What's something, Sam, that you didn't quite expect that was in here in a kids movie?
1: I want to tell you now, that interrogation scene was intense. <laughs> it was
0: Ma- crazy Mansley
1: was scary at that point and i can only imagine you know thinking from a kid's point of view hogarth was probably freaked out i'm sure there're probably kids watching the movie that maybe were freaked out you know i mean honestly i was a little bit more worried about the us army at that point than the russians mm-hmm. because because mansley was like i said i mean he he comes across as manic but at that point he was he was very threatening and I did not, you know, I didn't expect that in a kid's movie, you know, yeah. when he, when he basically alluded, you know, we'll take you away from your mother, you know, and, and the idea that that's the only person he has, you know, the Hogarth has, you know, like I said, I just found that really scary and, and frightening in many ways. <laughs> so, yeah.
0: Oh yeah. Well, my, my, uh, uh, award there goes almost hand in hand with yours, you know, Mansley's manicness, his. Mm-hmm his complete devotion to the cause of patriotism and he is willing to do any means necessary to get to that end of the promotion of the american way right. you know he's he's threatening hogar's mother he's calling the bomb down on his location you know uh, from the summer and he's you know in you know integrating himself into the uh, the Hughes home, you know, by ruining the room so he can get uh-huh. in and weaseling his way in. But, uh, you know, that really kind of goes hand in hand with mine because remembering the Cold War in such a vivid way. Now, I know this is 1999, which is about, what, 10, 11 years after the mm-hmm. wall came down. You know, so we were kind of beyond the communists' red scare. We had kind of past that but you know to remember it in such a vivid way to bring back those in school videos of you know when you hear the siren hide under your desk you know and i remember as a kid you know watching red dawn watching the morning after (laughs) watching you know all of these invasion the bomb dropping these horrific movies of what if The Soviets did come and take over, but you know, this guy's just manicness for that. But remembering the Cold War in such a vivid and intense way really shocked me. And I wonder if that, you know, stuck with some of the kids uh, in that era and subsequent years, you know, if they, if they truly understand the implications and the weight of that, because I mean, i tell you, it was almost traumatizing.
1: Yeah. And, you know, Mansley just wasn't sure if the giant was from Russia or Canada, you know, so.
0: Yeah, he didn't care. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't it was American, so it was bad, you know. Yeah, and yeah. once again,
1: it ties back to that that Red Scare, McCarthyism during the time, and like you said, even the, through the Cold War up through the 80s. I mean, it, it's such a big part of U.S. history, I think, especially yeah. modern history.
0: Oh, yeah, it's insane. It's insane. But, you know, this movie, not... You know, it has its heavy moments. It has its intense moments. But man, there's some hilarious stuff.
1: (laughs) For sure.
0: Now, my favorite laugh, um, cackling out loud, is when the giant is kind of blown up and he's pulling himself back together. You know, like we all do after a tragedy sometimes. We we just got to sit and pull ourselves back together. But he does it in a very unique way. He's got the little beacon that lights up. And Hogarth having dinner with his mother. <laughs> the hand walking through the kitchen. This was almost my favorite scene, but then I realized this was such a great laugh. You know, from the moment Hogarth <laughs> starts to say grace, oh God. <laughs> Protect us from the devil, you know. He's just going on, and he's trying to keep his mom distracted. The hand is kind of wandering around, almost like a dog at one point. He's (laughs) shoving out the window and trying to hide it from the guy, cause this is when Mansley's knocking on the door the first time. Um, I I found myself nearly rolling on the floor, and if I if I wasn't sitting on the couch, I would have been rolling in the floor at that (laughs) scene. But uh, yeah, from the moment he starts to say grace and the hand's walking through till, the, till that scene's over and the hand reconnects with the giant in the, in the garage in the shed, uh, that's that's my f- biggest laugh in this
1: movie. I, I have to agree with you 100%. <laughs> uh, I was in the same boat. I had that as my best scene. And then when I saw Jamie had best laugh as a specific award, for this episode, I like no. That has to go there. That, that has to
0: go there. So, <laughs>
1: so, so, so ba- bear with me, okay? Oh my God! Uh, oh my God! We thank you for uh, the food, Mom has put on in front of us, and stop uh, the devil from yeah. doing bad things, and or get out of here, uh, Satan! Go, <laughs> go, so we may live in peace. Amen. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I love that you got that quote down. I love it. I, I love loved
1: it. it. I had to say it. It's also a way to cheat, get another quote in, but you
0: know, hey, hey, I don't, I don't know what you're talking about there. It too. makes me
1: laugh. I like it. So I like it a
0: lot. But uh, you know, a thing that uh, also brings great joy. I don't know if he's from Russia. I don't know if he's from Canada. I don't know if he's American. He could be from another planet for all I care. Keanu brings us such joy and happiness. Um, he, he, he could have been a great voice for the giant. He's kind of got the, whoa, going on. <laughs> He's kind of got that chill. Not quite seem to know what's going on all the time when he brings out the Ted vibe. Uh, but there's a thing that we have to do. We have to, just like the giant connects himself. We have to find the Keanu connection. Now, I know Jamie normally does this, and he's sending in a prepared statement. Sam, why don't you read that to us today?
1: Yes. Just like the giant dropping from the stars, the interwebs dropped Jamie's ideas to us. So it's it, it's like he's here in some way. So, so just channel Jamie, listeners, as I read this. This week's Keanu connection is one of those guys you love to hate. The 80s had a couple of memorable ones in Paul Gleason, who is a jerk in a bunch of movies, most memorably in Die Hard and The Breakfast Club. William Atherton was also a tool in Die Hard, but was supremely unlikable in Ghostbusters and Real Genius. Josh Lucas is carrying that torch in a very impressive way these days. But in between the toolbag torchbearer was probably Christopher McDonald, who played Kent Mansley in The Iron Giant. He was also Shooter McGavin in Happy Gilmore. Now, there's a dude that was easy to hate. But the highlight of his career was appearing in Exposed, a little-known Keanu flick from 2016. Christopher McDonald is our Keanu connection.
0: Excellent. So, Mansley <laughs> is yes. the Keanu connection. So, he wasn't only bringing the military to the Iron Giant. He was bringing Keanu to the Iron Giant uh, before right. he even knew it in 2016. Well, guys, <laughs> we hope you've enjoyed this episode. And uh, as much as we've enjoyed uh, uh, discussing this movie and bringing it to you, and uh, you know, as, as much as we love doing this every week, we, we really just hope you guys are having such a good time listening. Our next quest, Sam, is falling on another holiday. We've recently had our Scream episode for Halloween. Mm-hmm. Uh, Veterans Day is coming up, so why don't you tell us what we're going to be watching?
1: Ah, so so in one of those rare occasions that we already have reviewed the sequel, now we're <laughs> going to go back to the first movie for our Veterans Day episode. We will be reviewing Captain America the first Avenger. So the origin of Chris Evans, Captain America released July 19th, 2011, uh, I guess as part of phase one of the MCU movies, Uh, but along for the ride, we've got Haley Atwell, Sebastian Stan, and the great Hugo Weaving as the Red Skull. So, really really looking forward to talking about this one next week
0: well as we prepare to view captain america and winter soldier we're going to get our dose of vita rays as we keep it nerdy